El Chuqueño presents Almost Live from Big D's Party Palace Featuring Fernie G Banami And my name is Rich Wright Hey y'all Welcome to another episode of El Chuqueño Presents, almost live from Big D's Party Palace. And we are here today, almost live. Uh, Fernie G. Howdy. And Ben Ami. Good afternoon. Yeah, right on. How y'all doing out there? Hey, uh, I gotta tell you, I can't really hear you. It's not like (laughs) the radio works like that, so yeah. But uh, yeah, we're here. Hanging out in Big D's Party Palace where the kids have all the fun. Uh, how about that uh, ball house they got, man? Which ball house? Well, one at the slide. Oh, the one at the slide, bro. You know, what do you call it? With the, the ball pit. The ball pit. The ball, ball pit. pit. The ball pit, which, you know, sounds like something you wouldn't want to say in mixed company, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, great place here. Bring the whole family. Um, so, uh, let's talk about the news. Okay. Mm-hmm. What you got? Oh, the UFOs. How about the UFOs, bro? Pretty nuts. What I want to know how they're... They're not saying they're weather balloons, but somehow they're staying up in... Suspended in in space there, so I don't know. In the weather. In the weather. Oh. So that'll be interesting. No, they, they got like, antennas, though, is what they say. And, you know, they're not talking about it, you know. But, you know, the Chinese got uh, balloons, and we got satellites, you know. Yeah. So we're, I'm sure we're right over China all the time. For sure. You know, and I think uh, the United States is just pissed because the Chinese bought their balloons at Walmart, you yeah. know. Bought them back from themselves. Yeah, probably. But uh, even, you know, I'll tell you a story. All right. It might might even be true. Uh, the Chinese used to uh, tie a guy to a kite and put him up there for surveillance, fly him like a kite wow. over the battlefield. Damn. You need a big kite. A big kite. Big kite, little guy. Mm-hmm. Big kite, little guy. So, yeah, jockey. You get right. jockey. Little jockey. Yeah, yeah. Well, Congressman Dan Crenshaw actually called these things UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, which is the kind of new right, right, term the they came came yeah. up with when they the little uh, what do they call it? the Tic Tac, the Navy Tic Tac video, yeah. yeah, started calling them instead of UFOs UAPs. So that's kind of a interesting development. He's the guy with the patch, right? Yeah, he's the I think he was a Navy. Was he's he a Navy veteran? Seat? He's a veteran. He's a veteran. Yeah. yeah. No so that's kind of an interesting deal but yeah no balloon no, nothing's pointing to balloons on these so a balloons uh, well a balloon's a balloon right i mean you know unidentified flight is the goodyear blimp a balloon is that's uh, a dirigible no i think it's a blimp blimps and dirigibles What's a dirigible dirigibles have yeah. rigid frames i'll be down yeah i'm here for you bro good you learn something need, new every you day you ever need any of those things cleared <laughs> up you know the old Hindenburg. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. Right. Oh, the helium. Mm. 
No, no, hydrogen, hydrogen. bro. Hydrogen. Oh, That's hydrogen. why it burned. That's why it burned. Boy, in a hurry. Yeah, here's something else I'm seeing on uh, Reddit. 32 inmates have died in the Harris County jail system in the last 14 months. I mean, you know, I would reckon Houston has one of the bigger jails in the country, but mm -hmm. um, 32 inmates in 14 months? I mean... What's the cause of death, Rich? Do they know? Uh, well, there's... No, the, F, the sheriff, I believe it was the sheriff, invited the FBI to come investigate two recent deaths. Hmm. Yeah, come on, let's see it, man, you know. I don't know. Yeah. It's Maybe it's transparency. Maybe it's an effort to appear transparent. So. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yeah. What else? What else was in the news? That train wreck? That train, train wreck, wreck in Ohio. Ohio? Was it Ohio? Had it, more chemicals than initially. Right, thought. more chemicals. Oh, really? The guys, oh, yeah. the guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't read whole news stories. I just read the headlines. The guys apparently uh, didn't label it hazardous cargo or something like oh, that. Oh shit! Because you save a couple twenty thousand bucks. Right. Obviously. That way, so yeah. Well, that yeah. story went under the radar because of uh, the whole UFO thing. So no one was, or the China balloon, so no one was paying attention to this train. Right, right, right. I, feel like, I was, feel like we're cats chasing laser oh, dots. Oh, for sure. You know? Mm -hmm. For sure. Indeed. You know, for a long time, um, El Paso was the center of the news universe. You know, we had... Beto, and we had Walmart, and we had uh, family separation immigration at the border, immigration, mm -hmm. you know. But I'm thinking those uh, those issues aren't scratching the media's itch these days. No. Right. Well, nothing comes close to aliens. Aliens, right. And catastrophe so right 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 see until we have see, we made one. a branding mistake when we asked people to stop calling them illegal aliens right you know <laughs> well. no person is illegal okay here's a story here's a story you haven't heard i'm reading this one from the cleveland <coughs> cleveland19.com dateline el paso a dog who escaped her new owners in Texas ran back to the animal shelter she was adopted from, the shelter said. In a post from the Animal Rescue League of El Paso, staff said that on January 31, the shelter's ring doorbell camera alerted them that Bailey was knocking at their door. Bailey made her own way back to ARL and rang our doorbell at 1.15 a.m. saying she wanted in, the shelter said. How about that? That's El Paso is making national news because some dog dug the dog pound. Huh? <laughs> some, some, some guys get used to being in prison. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. They're more comfortable because it's structured. Maybe the dog needs a structured life. I'm used to I'm used to institutional life, they say. Have you ever heard that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I'm used to institutional life. Yeah, it's not that bad. Well <clears throat> crazy. It says something about the the owner that adopted him. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Maybe the owner was putting them out, you know. You know. (laughs) Well, what else? What else you got? Any news? Local, national. Oh, the Austin city manager was fired. When? This morning or something like that. Like, this is breaking news. It is. Yeah. Tell us about it, Rick. Well, I'm only open that uh, our city manager might consider that. The 10-1 vote by the Austin City Council to remove Spencer Cronk, the city's top executive, followed, followed growing calls for accountability after an ice storm this month knocked out power to more than 170,000 customers. Frustration in the nation's 11th largest city boiled as Austin officials for days gave few updates about the widespread outages and no assurance about how long repairs would take. Huh? Wow. Municipal electric system in Austin. The city manager mm-hmm. is responsible for the electric system in Austin. You'd believe mm-hmm. it's his, all his fault, Rich? Of course it's all his fault. No, it's not all his fault, but it's his responsibility. Okay. You know? So he's the guy that needs to take care of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that was a tough problem, you know. Austin's a city that loves their trees, like all cities. So you have these big live oaks and things, and the branches get all spread out. And Austin's a great tree city. Great tree city. You hardly see this guy. If you want to mm-hmm. see this guy, you've got to look straight up. Not like El Paso, where right. you can look in any direction and see this guy. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that was a big problem there is a lot of branches taking down power lines. And yeah, it was their responsibility to keep them trimmed. And yeah, there were people who didn't have power for like a week or more right? than a week. Wow. It was. That would really pretty, be hard on my bad. aunt in the iron lung. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that would. Yeah, she would need. Right, 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 right. Backup. Worked in the bicycle pump. Worked in the bicycle pump for a week straight. Good lower back workout. Or she'd develop her own iron lungs. (laughs) Uh, Poor dear. Rest her soul. Oh, shoot. So, uh, yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with that. I thought there were more than uh, 11 council members in Austin. I thought it was like. The Italian well, Congress or something like that. <laughs> you know, how many? Uh, sure. How many council members are there on the Austin City Council, Ben? Let's check. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There, there may be a, a ten plus one with an at-large. Is that what it says? Ten plus one. Ten. And one at-large. Let's see. Oh, that's a good idea, huh? The at-large. Oh no, it's ten plus the mayor. 10 plus the mayor. So, but he gets to vote. It looked like he got to vote. And the, this Kronk guy, his severance is going to be $388,000 plus six months of COBRA coverage. What was Tommy Gonzalez's severance? Tommy be? Gonzalez is going to walk with a million dollars. Like a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and which... do, does El Paso come, you know, come close to the economic vibrancy that Austin has it seems oh, like Oh yeah, what are you talking about, <laughs> bro? Of course not. Of course not. El, uh, Austin's so, growing. It's a what? Uh, what did that news article just say? 11th largest city in the United States and um, fastest growing probably. 
It's or one of the fastest growing. Well, if you and it's probably metro area if you count metro mm -hmm. area because I think Austin itself has pretty much run out of real estate. But um, El Paso, you know, we're puttering along. It's, I think our uh, economic development overlords have not been worrying about everybody's economic development. I think they've just been taking care of uh, the developers and the real estate speculators and uh, the philanthropists. I mean, we are looking at a completely divided city right now mm -hmm. between those people who believe that our overlords are doing the right thing and the rest of us who are paying for it, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you compare, yeah, the job Tommy Al has done or is required to do compared to these other cities, but for right. what he's compensated Austin has for. a much bigger budget than El Paso. But, uh, and they got the electric company. But, uh, Ben Ami, uh, how fast does Austin run? Can Let's you Google see. that up? You got a computer there, don't you? I do. Right on. Uh, How fast is Austin growing? Over the last 10 years, El Paso has grown less than 2% according to estimates from the U.S. Customs Bureau. And their... 2%? Customs? No. No, Census. Census, census Bureau. Yeah. <laughs> the U.S. Census Bureau. Right, right. The Customs Bureau is only measuring bridge crossings. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, less than 2%. El Paso has grown less than 2%. Let's see here. And uh, over 10 years, you know, from 2012. Wow. From mm -hmm. 2010 to 2012, we had a big growth spurt because there's a lot of things happening from 2010 to 2011. Mm -hmm. There was uh, 40,000. Well, it wasn't 40,000. There was a lot of soldiers moving into Fort Bliss, maybe 30,000. And uh, also... Uh, I don't know if you all remember this, but during that period, there was a lot of violence in Juarez. I mean, a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, a lot of the people from Juarez moved to El Paso. They sure did. So between uh, 2010 and 2012, El Paso grew, uh, grew at some incredible rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I saw on NBC News, Austin was the second fastest growing city in America. And according to AustinChamber.com, the decade ending in 2020 saw a 33% increase in population. Wow. So. And uh, what is the fastest growing city? It was, give me one moment. Inquiring minds, you know. I want to know. You, you know, know. Okay, that was, let's see, fast growing city. You know, top 10 fastest growing cities in the U.S. You mean there San was Francisco that Francisco Bay Area. San Francisco Bay Area. Which is hard to, believe. Hard to believe. That nah, was, no, um, not really. I mean. <laughs> all the homeless. Yeah, California, right, that's what I was thinking. They're going there. <laughs> That's hard. And and Bay Area, right? It's uh, Bay, yeah, so MSMA. You know, for the MSA for El Paso is uh, El Paso. Sometimes they include Las Cruces. You know, El Paso, mm -hmm. Las Cruces, and uh, San Elizario. 
San Elizario's in that one too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody El knows Paso that. County, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, thank you all for tuning around. Uh, come right back. We're gonna have uh, an interview with. Uh, I think her name is Samantha Single. Singleton. Oh, Singleton. Are you sure it's not Singletary? It's not Singletary. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, yeah. From the Border Network of Human Rights, and she's going to talk to us about police accountability, trying to raise awareness about police accountability. So uh, thank you. We'll be right back. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Black Coffee, Hostess Twinkies, and Water. Don't forget to support all of those. And we'll be right back. Thank you later. Okay, hi y'all. Uh, thanks for back. Uh, thanks for sticking around. I guess, I guess what seemed like a break for us was just another two-second gap for y'all, right? But uh, yeah, thank you. I am here now with uh, Samantha Singletary from the uh, Border Network for Human Rights. Hey, Samantha. Hey, Rich. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Did I get that all right? It's it's Singleton. Single Singleton. And Singleton. <laughs> I was thinking of the football player. I know, right? Mike Singletary. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, my bad. Samantha That's Singleton okay. from the Border yes. Network for Human Rights. Uh, Ms. Yes. Singleton, what exactly is the Border Network for Singleton? Did I say it right this time? No, yes, you did. You okay, got it okay, right, okay. Got me a little flustered. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're doing great. Miss Singleton, what uh, what exactly is the Border Network for Human Rights? We hear about it sometimes. What, are the, what do you all do? Yeah. So the Border Network for Human Rights, it was founded in 1998, and it is one of the leading human rights advocacy and immigration reform organizations that is located at the U.S.-Mexico border. So it also facilitates, because our general purpose is to facilitate the education, the organizing, and the participation of marginalized border communities. We want to defend and promote human and civil rights. You know, we want to create communication on the political, economic, and social conditions where human beings are just equal um, everywhere. Right, and... uh... If nobody asks for it, nobody gets it, right? Right, right. You have not because you ask not, definitely. Uh-huh. And uh, I know that a lot of the work that you have done has been uh, working with immigrants, right? Yes. So a good portion of work has been dealing with immigration reform. We have about 12 different campaigns going on. So we have several things in the works. We're doing community IDs, which just allows Every El Pasoan with the, the passing of a community ID uh, program, it would allow every El Paso resident the opportunity to have proper identification. No one should be um, moving around in the world today without proper identification. So we just have several different campaigns that lead up to civil and human rights. Well, I'm... You know, yeah. I understand how important it is. Identification is for somebody who doesn't have identification. But as an American, Absolutely. I resent having to carry identification. 
I got you. It is a lot to to have on you because if you forget it, then you have to go through uh, a lot yeah, of different situations. Yeah, yeah, you're situations. in the system all of a sudden, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, so, uh, what are we talking about today? You got a webinar coming up? Yes, yes, absolutely. So. I am the policy director at the Border Network for Human Rights, but I'm also the coordinator for the El Paso Police Department Accountability Task Force. So, so the police task accountability force, is something else you all do. It's not just immigrant rights, yes. it's police accountability. Would you say those are like the two main things you do? The BNA Those chart? are definitely, yeah. right. Right now, those are the two main topics that we are working on, police accountability and immigration reform. Well, you know, here in Big D's Party Palace, we are really up on uh, police accountability, and El Paso doesn't have enough of it. So what's this webinar yes. you got going? So the webinar is called Eyes Wide Shut, If Not Now When. And the webinar will take place on Saturday, February the 18th, from 1 to 2 p.m. PM. It'll be live on our Facebook page, the Border Network for Human Rights page. And we'll have a panel of individuals talking about the importance of police accountability, the importance of transparency within the police departments, the importance of police oversight. The nation right now is just being struck by horrific acts of police brutality. And it seems like our eyes remain shut to recognizing what's happening when it comes to police brutality and the use of excessive force. So it's not just haunting only the black and brown communities, although primarily that's what is haunting. This is something that is haunting um, residents all over the United States. And so we're holding a conversation. We want the city of El Paso to be proactive and not reactive. We want them to create something now, put systems and policies and procedures in place now to prevent George Floyd situations, to prevent Tyree Nichols situations, to prevent situations like that. And that's what this conversation is going to be about. Well, I appreciate your sentiments, but uh, I just assumed the police department here was at least reactive. Because they haven't even punished the officers here that have, uh, you know, murdered people. You know, there's that horrific video of uh, Officer Jose Flores shooting shooting Daniel Signs in the back while he's laying on his stomach in the Sally Port of the El Paso County Jail. And that cop's still on the force, you know? Gotcha. The 10-year anniversary yeah. of that is coming up, I believe, on March 8th of this year. Next next month, March 8th, will be the 10-year anniversary of the day that uh, police officer Jose Flores shot handcuffed prisoner Daniel Signs in the back in the Sally Port of the El Paso County Jail. But I digress. Yeah, uh, so what are you thinking? What do you think the way to get uh, accountability from the police is here? What are you suggesting? Well, one of the things is we have to progress into a community policing structure where community stakeholders have the opportunity to investigate complaints. We're talking about an independent oversight commission. They need to be able to assess the policies and practices. They need to be able to review the officer training. They need to be able to make recommendations for improvements within our local police department. 
you know, we have to have the police department, community stakeholders work together. We need the community to voice their concerns and their opinions on what's happening, not sit behind closed doors and say, this is what happened to me. There needs to be um, reports filled out. There needs to be complaints filled out. And I have a way of helping them with that. They would just have to reach out to me. My information is on our website. If there is some issues going on within the local police department that the community is experiencing, they can reach out to me and we can assist in helping them file complaints and documenting information. You're suggesting that people who feel they've been abused by the police here should reach out to you. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. That is correct. Uh-huh. They should. Yes. Because I do know firsthand, personally, that the policies are messed up. My son, <laughs> my oldest son. That's a bit of an <laughs> understatement, huh? <laughs> right. My oldest son was abused by the El Paso Police Department in 2019. And I've spoken about this publicly. And he attempted to reach out to um, Internal Affairs on several occasions. And the time passed for any disciplinary actions to take place when he was able to get in contact with Internal Affairs. So it's very important that individuals know that they have to bombard whether it's internal affairs or the police department with their complaints. Wait a minute. Let get me get this straight. The balls rolling. Your son mm-hmm. had a complaint and he went to uh, internal affairs and they slow played him till it had so, expired. So my son had an incident where El Paso police uh, abused him and he called internal affairs and he continued to call to try to file a complaint. And by the time a complaint was taken place, the time had expired for any disciplinary action to right. take place within those offices. That's what I thought you said. They slow played you. They said, we'll just put this one off till it's too late. No, you know, I'm, so it's a, I, yeah. I'm an old white guy who rarely goes out after dark. So I don't know. I don't know about the police. I never have inter- inter- any interactions with them. But I wasn't always an old white guy that never goes out after dark. And I have had interactions with the police. And I also uh, lived most of my life as a bartender. So I heard lots of stories across the bar. So I know that uh, lots of the people who have bad encounters with the police don't have a voice. They don't have somebody they can turn to to uh, legitimize their complaint. Mm-hmm. Except you. And yes, that's why it's important to reach out uh-huh. to me, reach out to the Border Network for Human Rights, and we can assist with how you can go about filing a complaint. We can provide you with some information on where you need to go to, who you need to speak to. Also, we can have you do a community policing survey, which is something that we've launched. Um, we've launched a community policing survey. We want to know what the community is saying. How do they feel? A lot of times individuals have a difficult time coming out because they are in fear of retaliation. So we want to hear what they have, what they're saying. And this survey allows them to say what has happened to them, what has taken place. We want to see the history of what's been happening because we need to be proactive. We no longer need to be reactive. 
And uh, this webinar coming up, what are you hoping that the attendees will take away from that? To understand that they have a voice, community individuals have a voice, that they're not alone, that there are a lot of individuals who want community policing, um, where there's trust built between the community and the police department. They want accountability within the police department. They want oversight. They want transparency. And so we're hoping that people will listen to the conversation and then engage with our task force on how they can become involved and what they can do to help move some of these processes forward. Right. Uh, and the seminar is taking place on Saturday, this Saturday, February 18th, 1 to 2 p.m. on Facebook Live. Is that correct? That is correct. And, um, you know, I'm glad you're keeping an eye on the police. I'm trying to, you know. But uh, <laughs> all the more eyes, all the more eyes we can keep on them. Correct. Accountability is something that should not be um, new to law enforcement. Accountability is something that we ask of the community. We ask our children to be accountable. We ask our teachers to be accountable. We ask ourselves to be accountable. So we have to ask for the law enforcement community to do the same thing. Their job is to protect and serve and individuals have to feel like they can go up to an officer and ask for the proper help and it not be turned around on them. There are people who do fear traffic stops. Whether well, who doesn't fear traffic stops? I think everybody fears traffic stops. Mm -hmm. And they don't want their life to end because of a traffic stop. Oh, well, yeah. You know, so. I, I get pulled over. I'm probably not going to get shot. You know, old white guy mm -hmm. who never goes out after dark. But maybe. Hey, Samantha, you thank you for talking to us today. Uh, I'm going to try to attend that seminar, that webinar. Thank you. And uh, I'd encourage all the listeners to do it. Facebook Live. Yes. Is it BNHR? Where, how yes. will they find that? Yes, they can just go into the search engine on Facebook and uh -huh. type in the Border Network for Human Rights, and they will see it on our page as of right now we're promoting it uh-huh so and then on saturday at 1 to 2 p.m we will go live and we will be holding the conversation they can ask questions we'll have a question and answer period so they can view it all right on our facebook page wow that sounds cool uh i've got a facebook page hey um well you know i'm an old white guy right so uh um Thank you, Samantha. Thank you for sharing, you. taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, I hope to, I hope to have you back and talk about some other stuff about the cops, if uh, gotcha. if you get a chance. We'll absolutely. Uh, we'll thank try and schedule that soon. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for ha being on the show. Thank you, uh, gentlemen, ladies, and gentlemen. Americans of all shapes and sizes, uh, non-Americans, mm -hmm. Mexican-Americans. You know, the, the guy told me the joke the other day. He said, uh, the United States is the Estados Unidos de America, and uh, Mexico is the 
Estados Unidos jodidos de América. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to today's show. Uh, I hope you had half the fun I had. Remember, we're here at Big D's Party Palace, where the fun never stops till the cops come twice. And uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors today. Black Coffee, that golden sponge cake with the cream filling, Twinkies, and water, because water, it's what you are. Okay, uh, hope to uh, see you again soon huh? on this uh, interweb stuff, whatever it is. Ciao.